G'day audience, welcome back. What a week it has been. Um, hopefully now we kind of understand why I've always been a little bit edgy when it came to growth stocks. Not as not as always optimistic as everyone else is, but this week we're going to talk more about growth stocks and kind of reflect on what we've seen. And the biggest the biggest thing to understand is the problem with growth stocks is the price that you're required to pay for them. It's 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 all about the price. So let's imagine okay, let let's look at all the software tech stocks that are on sales multiples of like 30 or something ridiculous like that. The market is is smart enough to know that 30 times sales is probably the maximum amount anyone would ever pay for any stock, no matter how much. It's, you know, obviously you've got some that are higher, but let's say 30 is the max. For a company that's established, they've got sales, they've been around for a little while, not those companies that have got like $1 million in sales and a $2 billion valuation. They don't count. I'm talking about companies with ongoing sales and they're on a 30 X sales multiple. Let's say you buy that company, okay, DocuSign, Smartsheet, whatever it is. It's on 30 times sales, okay? And that's that's pretty much the maximum amount the market will ever pay for a company that's established like that. All right? So when you're at that maximum sales multiple of 30X, all the growth in the stock is going to come from growth in the sales, right it's only it's the sales multiple is is pretty much fixed at 30 or whatever and so the multiple can't rise any further so for the stock to rise it's solely reliant on the company's sales which are like 30 or 40% for companies in this category and so what you're doing when you buy that stock or piece of that company is you're not only saying that the company will continue to grow 30 to 40% and all my returns are going to come from the growth in their sales. But you're also saying that the market is going to remain as optimistic as it is now and be willing to buy companies, is willing to have their ceiling at 30 times sales. So it's not only the risk with growth stocks is not only that the company goes bankrupt or sales slow down, it's that the market will continue to be willing to pay these high multiples for that. And so when you buy a company on a 30 times sales multiple or something, anything above 20, I just, no matter how much I love the company, I cannot justify it. Just my little little opinion there for you. <laughs> so yeah, so when you're buying a company with these ridiculous sales multiples, you've got a double whammy in downside risk. You've got downside risk in the fact that they don't keep growing as fast as they have been. That's risk number one, which will then hurt the stock. And then you've also got the risk in that the market won't continue to be happy paying such high prices and maintain that multiple. So if you imagine that 30 times sales is the maximum multiple, and let's just say the company is able to achieve just is able to achieve 30 times sales forever, which is unlikely, then you're reliant your stock returns are just going to come from the company's sales of 30% a year, which isn't too bad. But the downside risk involved in that is so high because as you saw this week, the market can decide to change its mind on what it's willing to pay multiples-wise at the drop of a hat. And, and what's even worse 
is that if the company's sales even remotely slow slow down or remotely miss expectations, it's going to drop the multiple because all of a sudden, you know, investors are scared. They don't like the company as much. So the multiple goes down and the sales, you know, the, the I guess the sales growth comes down and you just get this seriously fast collapse in stocks. So th- those are the risks. And the way I like to think about it is it's like time risk. I call it time risk. So when you pay 30 times sales, it includes a lot of future optimism. Okay, for the company to actually justify that valuation, because you've got to remember the sales multiples are just a shorthand for doing a, a discounted cash flow analysis. But 30 times sales for any company essentially means five years of perfection. And that's five years of perfection, not only in the company's performance, but five years of continued perfection in the market itself. Five years is a long time. Remember, the stock market tends to have these big collapses, these big 30 plus percent drops around every 10 years. This is, remember, economies in general are cyclical. They work in cycles. Yeah, you have, you know, if we're starting at the low point, you know, the economy, the general world economy has is in the middle of a recession. The economy then builds and builds and builds over roughly the next 10 years. It reaches a peak and then it has a big drop and then it starts again. So if you're paying 30 or 20 times sales for a company, that's essentially implying five years, four years of perfection. And we've just seen in the last year what can happen in just one year. We had coronavirus crash and then the rise of growth stocks and now now we're dealing with these bond yields going up like that is absolutely murdering growth stocks. And so a lot can change. That's all in one year. Imagine what can happen in five years to not only a company but to the market as well. And that's why you've got to be really careful when you pay a high price for a growth stock because the implied assumptions there are crazy. So let's even let's do some numbers to justify it, okay? So let's say you've got a company on 30 times sales. Alright? Now the the that's it's it's 30 times sales because you know it's high growth, investors are loving it, whatever. Now let's give a very optimistic, all right, once this company becomes a bit more mature and established, investors will be willing to pay 10 times sales, which is which is really high, but let's just say optimistically, company investors will be willing to pay 10 times sales for this company once their kind of growth high growth periods over. If you're paying 30 times sales today, that means and the company's growing at roughly 30 or 40% a year, which a lot of these 30 times sales companies are. That means it's going to take they have to have 5 4 years, sorry, they're going to have to have 4 years of 30 to 40% growth to get to that 10 times sales amount. So this company has to do perfectly and continue to grow for four years and still end up on a high valuation. That's what that's what's implied when you're paying 30 times sales for a company, that they're going to just absolutely crush it without a blip for the next four years. And then after that, investors are going to still be willing to pay, you know, a pretty high price for it just because it's, you know, a software stock or a tech, whatever. So that's the risk I've been talking about when I say growth stocks are risky. And you know, I'm not saying there is never a time when you'll pay 20 or 30 times sales. For me personally, I cap it at 20 sales. No matter how optimistic, no matter how certain I am that this company will 
has a long-term trajectory ahead of it, I just naturally cap it at 20 times sales. But if you're a little bit more aggressive, that's fine. You can do that. But you need to be bloody confident that this company is going to be able to do those things. Five years of perfection growth. And then after that, you know, invest it. You have to be exceptionally confident. And a lot of these companies are kind of abstract software companies that a lot of us don't use in our day-to-day life. So why the hell am I paying 30 times sales? You can't, you can't be that confident in a company that you're willing to pay 30 times sales and have never even used the product. That, that's just, that's dangerous. You have no idea what this company does and yet you're, you're, you're paying 30 times sales as though you've got this incredibly high conviction in it. So just, just be careful, all right? Whereas all these problems are reversed when you're paying a low price for a company. So when you pay 30 times sales, you're pretty much saying this company has to do perfectly for the next four to five years. Whereas if you pay a low price, you can still get growth companies on the cheap. I recommended Upwork on my Insta page and that was at six times sales about six months ago. That was cheap. Six times sales is cheap. Now it's up, you know, whatever. I'm not here to gloat. <laughs> That's not the point of this. But when you when you pay a low price for a growth stock, say anywhere from four to six, maybe seven times sales for a company that's growing, you know, 20-ish percent, that's reasonable. When you, when you buy it at a low price, you're essentially giving the company time. It's the reverse. You're giving the company time to fix itself and get on the right trajectory. You know, it might be having short-term issues, might have slowed down growth. So whereas when you're paying 30 times sales, when you pay a high price, you're asking the company for four years of perfection. When you pay a low price, you're going, you know what, company? You've got two years to, to sort your shit out. Just, just have two years to figure it out. The price is so low that if you do nothing over the next two years, I still wouldn't have lost a lot of money. But in two years, a company can do a lot of things. They can, they can, they can change things fast. Most of the time a company can fix themselves in 6 to 12 months when they have a short-term issue. Usually takes about 6 to 12 months to turn that ship around. If you give a company years, well bloody oath they'll figure it out. <laughs> so that is all the mechanics behind paying high prices. I like to think of it in time kind of concepts being like, all right, when I pay 30 times sales, I'm expecting perfection for the next 5 years from both the company and the overall market which is ludicrous. Whereas if you pay a low price, and this is why sales multiples are good for like comparing, you know, two different, two companies that are in a similar space. But when you're trying to compare, you know, one company in this part of tech and another company in this other part of tech, it's not really an apples to apples comparison because they have different profit margins, they have different growth. And so a sales multiple alone won't fully give the whole picture, which is why you need to do those spreadsheets. I've been harking on about, I know they're always the dry episodes. They get the least listeners probably or whatever, but that's, that's the spreadsheet allows you to give a perfect apples to apples comparison between every single company you look at, regardless of the industry. You could look at an insurance company, compare it to a tech company. All right. The insurance company is undervalued on the spreadsheet. The tech company is overvalued. That's an easy decision. Whereas when you're using sales multiples, you know, different companies, different growth companies can have slightly different business models and slightly different profit margins and slightly different growth rates and growth potential, really, 
that makes a difference on the valuation. And when you're doing your spreadsheets, oh, I'm going to have a little rant here. When you're doing your spreadsheets, there are so many YouTubers out there who go, you know, this is a good buy because I'm, I'm penciling in 40% growth for the next five years. Where, where did you get 40% growth from? And that's why I really like what I've made for you guys. And I haven't really seen anyone else teach it like that is you figure out what other sales the company will have when it's fully mature. And then it does the math to tell you what that growth rate will be in the in-between. A lot of YouTubers out here go, oh, I think this company will grow at 40% for the next five years. Where'd you get that from? How's it going to grow? Where You can't just chuck on. <laughs> you can't just go, oh yeah, I'll give her 40. Like it doesn't work like that. Like the company has to grow by selling more stuff, having more customers, whatever. It's not just going to grow because it can. That's not how it works. So if any YouTuber is just being like, you know, there's a YouTuber out there I really like. It's, it's called Unrivaled Investing. And I, I really like his deep analysis. And he's great until he gets to his valuation part where he goes, you know, I'm just going to give him this growth rate. Doesn't explain why. Probably doesn't have a reason why. He just, just gives it that growth rate because why not? <laughs> so, yeah, just look out for that. Okay, so that's all about valuation with growth stocks and, and how people get burned. And another little rant I want to have is a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, the stock market's a scam, you know, you always lose. But the reason, here's the reason why people always, this is why amateurs always lose, is because they buy at the worst possible time every single time. And and it's all to do again with valuation. I know valuation sucks. I know it's hard. I know it's time consuming, but it's 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 the only way to be equivocal to really know what's going on and i'll tell you why okay so about a year and a half ago tesla was a cheap stock it was you could make a valuation on it you could be like tesla's going to sell you know 5% of what toyota sells and it was still cheap okay tesla was cheap a year ago and then this the market figured that out. Eventually the market figured that out and Tesla had this meteoric rise over the last year and it, and it, you know, jumped 700%. And then, okay, and the professionals had bought in a year ago. They knew it was cheap. They'd done their valuations. They thought Tesla is a, is a no-brainer. And then after the big gain and once it's in the news and once people are talking about it, that's when the amateurs buy in. But if you've done your valuation you look at Tesla's valuation at whatever, $700 billion, and you tell yourself, I don't see how it can do this. Like, my, my, no matter how optimistic I am in my spreadsheet, I can't get that valuation for Tesla. And the professionals know that. And so they go, all right, I'm probably going to sell now because my risk-reward profile is, is not working anymore. And the, the amateurs out there buy it. They go, oh my God, Tesla's the future. And they just have never, they have no idea what a market cap is. They haven't looked at the numbers once. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just buying Tesla because they think it's the future. But unfortunately, when you pay a ridiculous price, like Tesla has to do amazing things from here to maintain that valuation. So this is why valuation is so important. My point is that if you don't, show do something for valuation even just google search you know price to sales multiple just just even that is a, is a great start and you'll and you'll already be able to go oh 50 times sales nah okay even that's a good start but if you don't look at the numbers at all you're buying an absolute losing bet 
And that's why a lot of people over the years, that's why before 2020, no, most normal people just didn't invest money. They didn't do stocks. They didn't do any of that stuff. Why? Because 10 years ago, everyone in 2007, right before the GFC, you know, lending was, was lax. People had lots of money and they invested it and then they lost a shitload and then they said the stock market's a scam. And then here we are 10 years later, you know, same thing's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't end in tears again, but the valuation is just so crucial. All right, that's enough of my rant there. Okay, so what I kind of touched on earlier about the multiple. So let's think of the max multiple a company would realistically get even in the most, you know, optimistic scenarios is 30x. So the reason Upwork stock did so well over the last six months is because it was on a low multiple. It was on like a, when a, I think I recommended it was on a six times sales multiple, six times sales multiple. And that's when Fiverr and other similar tech companies are on 20x plus. So what happened with Upwork is they posted a quarter that was good. Okay. The previous quarter, they grew 18%. And then the, the, the next quarter, they posted 22%. What did the market do? They went, oh my God, Upwork's back. They fixed themselves. They increased their growth by 4%. And while, while, that, while their sales didn't grow that much faster, the multiple expanded. All of a sudden, that 4% extra growth switched the optimism switch in the market. And they went, oh my God, Upwork doesn't deserve a, a sales multiple of six. It deserves a sales multiple like the other tech platforms of nearly 20. And so all of Upwork's gains came from the multiple expansion. And that's why if you can find growth companies on growth companies on low multiples, what will happen is you will get a double benefit. Just like when you pay 30 times sales, if anything goes wrong, you get a double whammy. You know, the market goes sour and the company has a little blip. With a company on a low multiple, you get the multiple changing as investors get more optimistic on the company for whatever abstract reason that, that changes their mind, you get the multiple go up and then you've also got their sales growing up just like a growth company. And so you get this double bonus hit and it just leads to crazy, crazy gains. Like, you know, I, I recommended Upwork in September, like all the easy stock market gains had been done by that point and it still managed to triple from then. And that's just purely buying a growth stock at a cheap price. That's, that's the difference. Whereas Fiverr, you know, similar gig economy marketplace in that same time period has gone up like, I don't know, 70% or something. So just smashed it out of the park. So pay a low price, please. <laughs> I'm begging you, if there's one thing you get out of all this is just have a glance at the valuations before you buy it and use that to inform your decisions. All right, that does it for this week with growth stocks, but we will continue the fun next week because there's next week, next week, we will continue the fun with growth stocks because there's a lot more to learn and we don't want to screw up. All right, I'll see you then. Bye.